0: So welcome to episode number 85 of The Space In Between. And today we're going to be with Sydney Weiss of the podcast Seek the Joy podcast. Uh, It was really such a treat to sit with her uh, last week and and I'll get to share her with you all in just a short bit. And and I'll actually be on her podcast, I believe it's next week or the week after. Uh, So we'll let you know when that comes out. But a couple things that are happening in Nomad Land. Uh, if you are in the Hudson Valley, we will be uh, with you all at Stonegate Farm in Newburgh or in Baumville, uh, New York, every Sunday, 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, the space is very limited, uh, but you can register. You can go find out at Nomad Always at Home. So we will be having our nomad teachers leading a beautiful practice in the in the gardens, and it's a really special place. Uh, I cannot wait to be back there next month with you all. But uh, this week, I believe it's Jennifer Dwyer, Dwyer, one of our Nomad teachers, will be leading the practice. And what else is happening in Nomadland? You can head over to, if you're on Facebook, our Facebook group, Nomad and Beyond, excuse me, Nomad and Beyond Festival that's where I offer my Monday morning meditations, our, mon- our morning meds at 8 a.m. on Mondays, and there are other offerings from not only our Nomad teachers, but other beautiful teachers and healers and facilitators of all kinds and musicians and, and artists. Uh, so go ahead over there and see what's happening, See, get some practices, get some inspiration to get you going here during these very interesting times. And um, yeah, what else do we have? This podcast every Tuesday will be here every Tuesday for you. And we're about to, we're ha- we have a couple of weeks of who are we becoming. Uh, we're kind of in the middle of it, um, towards the end of it with an amazing group. And we will definitely be doing this again, uh, probably in September. Uh, this is my Movement 109 movement practice along with Some uh, work, support, group support work, some uh, kind of coaching, mentoring, whatever you want to call it, uh, diving deep into your your own patterns and shifting them in your body, in your life. So we'll be offering that again uh, probably in the fall. If you're interested you can just go over to my website PhoebeLeona.com to find out more about it so you can plant the seed for yourself to join us but if you want to start right now and work with me 109 working with me 109 work with me right now you can I I am now offering the this course kind of um, on your own terms yeah working one-on-one so I go into we do a self-discovery session one-on-one where we we talk a bit look at the patterns what do you want to change in your life we look at what's happening in your body we do a movement practice I give you healthy resources to work with to kind of bolster you through your transition and then we we continue we kind of set up a plan to to continue that for a space um, for you to move and grow and expand so uh, yeah you can start that right away with me and um, what else? Well, exciting is my Movement 109 practice will be offered at the Daily Ohm in October. I'm just starting production now uh, later this week. I'm so excited to offer that. So yeah, um, lots, lots on the horizon. But again, if you're interested in what's happening now, head over to nomadalwaysatom.com and my website, phoebeleona.com. And uh, now let's go ahead and sit with Sydney and share what she's doing, what she has to say.
1: All right. So I am here with Sydney Weiss and the beautiful creator of Seek the Joy podcast. Um, And we actually haven't formally met yet. And we sort of haven't quite yet either here because (laughs) they don't get to see your beautiful face, but we're here in Zoom land. and. I love how, I love social media and how it brings people together in this respect. You know, I found you through Zoe, I guess it was earlier this year when I was going to Barcelona and I found her and then she led me to you. And then, and then I don't know if you know this, but you just had Therese Plummer, who is one of my friends. Really? Yeah you're joking. Nope. I saw wow. her promote her, her story and I was like, wait a second.
2: This is so. such a beautiful coincidence slash small world. I love I love that because I, yeah. I've found, and, and I'm sure you have found this too, the more time you spend um, in an online space that is true and authentic to you, you meet people who are in a very similar spaces who then know the same people and then the circle widens. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. I love it. So yeah. So hello, new friend. Hello. Well, (laughs) I'm, I was sharing this with you before. I'm so sorry. You can't see me, but it is such a pleasure to sit down with you and, and have this conversation and, and be on your show. So thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being here and, and making it happen. And, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I was drawn to your podcast because, um, just the name itself, Seek the Joy. I, mm-hmm. That's one of our kind of missions under nomad umbrellas, you know, to create a life full of joy. Um, and so I'm really curious to know your journey to the podcast and and who you are. And, and um, yeah, let's dive in.
2: Yeah, I I think a really good place to start with this story is if we go back in time to 2016, um, I was a third-year law student getting ready to graduate from law school and really like a nervous nilly, like anxiety through the roof, stress through the roof. And something uh, a close friend had said to me at the time was, you really need to seek the joy in your life. Where is the joy? I actually think he said this to me in 2015, but I remember at the time that really rang true for me because I was in this sort of academia, education, stress, pressure bubble that in many ways I had created for myself, but it was real intangible and it existed. And so I really took his words to heart and I made a bracelet that said, seek the joy. And it's a bracelet Mm -hmm. I still have to this day. And it kind of stayed with me. You know, sometimes you'd wear it, sometimes I wouldn't. Um, But we go now back to 2016 and I have shingles about a month or so before I graduate from law school. Totally knocked me on my butt and then end up graduating. Um, I sat for the California bar exam and Um, I didn't pass the bar the first time. And at the time, about a month after sitting for the bar, I had appendicitis. Um, I had to have my appendix removed. I had a lot of other health um, things sort of bubble up to the surface. And I remember the day when I didn't pass the bar and I just could not recognize myself anymore. The way I spoke to myself was mean and didn't really reflect how I, how I really felt about myself and my health had taken a turn and I was, where was the joy? There was none. So I sort of embarked on this nine month journey of changing the way I spoke to myself, changing the way I felt about myself, uh, how I interacted. In the world I ended up sitting for the bar a second time in passing and it was about a month and a half or so before bar exam results came out that I had this idea of really wanting to connect with other people who had similar stories and experiences and were willing to step forward in this element of vulnerability to share who they are because I think it's one thing to have a social media platform which we all do if you have an Instagram or a Twitter you know you have a platform and you share Um, in a lot of ways, you're highlight reel. But it's another thing to Mm -hmm. step forward and be really vulnerable and honest and open um, within your own boundaries, of course, about who you are and what you're going through and and connecting around those shared experiences. And so I thought, I'm going to start a podcast. Now, I had Mm -hmm. no journalism experience, no media experience. I come from a very highly academic background, but was always creative growing up and kind of let that fall to the wayside. And so I dove right in. I was listening to so many podcasts every week and it felt like a no brainer to start my own. And so that's exactly what I did. I launched Seek the Joy podcast in two weeks. Um, The name of the show is inspired by that bracelet, by that conversation Mm. I had in 2015. Um, And It'll be three years in October, so that's how I got awesome. to the podcast and got to the show and and it's definitely and I'm sure you have found this for your show as well it's definitely evolved and changed and grown and taken on a life of its own and done things I never uh would have anticipated, but I think that's the beauty of stepping forward and and doing something new oh, that's beautiful so uh, so, and where does that fit in now? So you passed the bar, I'm assuming. Yeah, I did. And... I always leave this part of the story out, but I <laughs> ended up passing the bar um, the second time. I'm licensed to practice law in California. Um, I'm also a lawyer. I work full-time as a lawyer. Um, okay. So the podcast is my uh, second full-time job is the wow. way that I explain it. Um, yeah. So it's fun. It's definitely a lot. Um, and, but I, but I love doing it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's so cool. So yeah, you,
1: you kind of took on two full-time jobs at the same time.
2: 100%. yeah. Yeah.
1: But you're, it seems like you're young, you have a lot of energy and you want to help people and, and both of these are filling your cups up to a certain extent, or, or am I assuming that?
2: No, um, that that's totally correct. I think I would have never gotten to the podcast if I didn't become a lawyer. And that was very clear to me about a year and a half ago, because oftentimes I think we think about our journey and where we've been and did I make the right choice and did I Mm -hmm. do the right thing? And um, I've had many moments where I've questioned whether or not you know, going to law school was the right decision, but I'm very confident today that I would have never, we, you and I would not be having this conversation if I didn't <laughs> go to law school because it's the lessons learned in that three year time and the way I changed as a person and um, the different experiences, most of them falling flat on my butt and learning how to pull myself back up um, that brought me to Seek the Joy podcast. So, yeah I would say both fill me up in a very different way with um you know different experiences, but what has been so fun about the podcast has been moments like this one getting to connect and having these opportunities for a conversation and connection and um, the show has taken on a life of its own in the sense that now no i don 't just have interview style episodes. I have um, a blog series on the website. I have um, a feature which you 're going to be part of very soon um, it 's called the Power mm-hmm. of Storytelling and people share their stories um, very openly and honestly and uninterrupted and and so it 's been fun to create different um, arms of the show with the same yeah. mission and purpose of connection and community and sharing our stories. I think of vulnerability and courage, um, and doing so, but in very different ways. So, so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's beautiful.
1: I definitely want to talk a little bit more about your show, but can we go back to, you know, this website, this website, this podcast is called the space in between. And it's really kind of looking at those spaces where you're just saying you're falling flat on your butt. Um, and, and, and looking at those moments of vulnerability and how, there was this transformation. So if you don't mind, can we go back to that that period in your life when your friend gave you the the bracelet and and you were sick? It sounds like your body was definitely speaking to you in various ways through shingles and appendicitis. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, can you speak to that a little bit more?
2: Yeah. What's so fascinating to me about our health is that, and I think we've learned this now more than ever because we are in the time of, of a global pandemic where your health is in my opinion, is the most important commodity right now, among, among other things. But I think we can put our health and our will, well-being really at the forefront, at the top of that list. I learned this lesson, though, many years ago, especially when I had shingles because it was the first time, and my body has spoken to me in many ways, many times before that, but this was really the first time I, I listened and I understood um, what the heck was going on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting how. Our health can kind of um, come to the forefront and come to the surface, and it forces you to slow down, to take pause, to say, "Am I where I am? Where am I where I'm supposed to be?" Because that was the biggest question that shingles and appendicitis posed for me was, "Am I where I am supposed to be? Am I experiencing who I am in the fullest potential of me?" And the answer to that was no, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I was minimizing myself. I was not allowing myself to really step forward in my own goals and dreams Mm -hmm. and ambitions. I was shrinking in many ways. And I was overworking my mind and my body in a way to almost prove to myself who I was. And I think there are so many people who can relate to this because the way that we define success, I think in the Western part of the world in the United States is by output. It's by mm-hmm. what you achieve. It's a by how many degrees you get, how much money you make, what your job title is. But that, yeah. that really isn't, in my opinion, what success is. For me, success is how do I show up today? Who was I kind to? How did I give of myself? How did I give back? What did I learn from someone else in return? And so that period of time in my life really forced me to reevaluate what I just shared about success and who I am and how I viewed myself. Um, it's still a lifelong journey, I will say, um, yeah. with with my own health, but also with how um, I work through these moments, these spaces in between, as you shared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an important piece of it too. I think often we think it's it's like you get to that destination of okay things are better or um i feel better but the truth is you have to keep working at it yeah. um so so that's really what shingles and, and appendicitis taught me it didn't teach me that right away um yeah. it's not like i woke up the next day and i was like i get it ding, ding, thank ding. you yeah. yeah like the <laughs> alarm went off and it's like i understand what's happening no yeah. it took me it took me probably until Gosh, when I started the podcast, which would have been September 2017, um, it really took me it took me until then for it to start to click and for me to understand. Um, And yeah, so it's been it's been a journey. There's more to it. But but to answer your question that that's really what that time um, really showed me for sure. Well, I want to know more about this
1: journey. But I'm, I'm curious, because you said earlier in your life, you had these other warning signs that you weren't listening to. So if you can think back to those, and then and then you were saying shingles was like the first the first thing that happened in your body, where you started to listen and say, okay, something else is bigger going on here. What do you remember the difference? Like, how did that Um, what was that conversation looking like in your, in your body and and with your body?
2: Yeah, this is a great question. And I think what's so interesting is I think we've all had experiences where you might be in a room with other people, or you might be in a program, or you might just be somewhere out in the world and it just doesn't feel right, but you do it anyway, because you think you're supposed to, you think you're supposed to be in that room, in that program, in those spaces, um, But with shingles and appendicitis, what was different was for the first time I was actually tuned in to the fact that something was not right. I was not where I thought, I I was not where I wanted to be, where I thought I should be. That was really the first time where I had tuned into that fact. Growing Mm. up, I had always like different health issues. Like I was always, I always had a cold, I always had a sinus infection, there was always something. Um, But you don't, you know, you don't really pay attention. Um, I always had moments where I was with a different group of friends or, um, in a class somewhere. And I felt like, Oh, this doesn't feel like what I'm supposed to do, but I think I'm supposed to be here. So I'm going to stay. Um, and so it's stuff like that. And I think as you get older, and you have different life experiences, or you expose yourself to different things. Or, you know, for me, it was an exposure to Kundalini yoga and meditation um, and um, taking time to tune into myself that I think really started to shift that understanding for me of what was showing up for me in my life. I realize this is kind of vague, um, what I'm saying, but um, I, I, I really, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, as you grow up and as you evolve and you start to tap in a little bit more. And also shingles and appendicitis was like a big moment for me. Shingles, I couldn't walk a block and I was 25 at the time. And with appendicitis, I had to have emergency surgery. And I remember being like, oh crap. Okay. Like something is not right here. Um, But you know, at the end, I think it's four years later, it's a continual process of checking in with myself of, does this feel good? Is this really what I want to do? How can I make changes? What can I adapt? Um, So so it's a continual process.
1: Yeah. So, and it sounds like you, when you were saying you found, you found your way to the Kundalini practice that was prior to shingles, is that what you were saying? Yeah. So it sounds like you were starting to do a little bit more of these mind body connections, these practices and that that sounds like it attuned you to oh okay there's a connection with my body when i'm not feeling well and my yeah. mental and emotional state yeah so i'm cur- i'm wondering how did you find your way to these kind of practices and what did you what did you practice if it was just kundalini or something else
2: yeah um so my dad started practicing kundalini yoga i believe cool Good gosh job, dad. i think it Yeah, I think it might have been. He's probably going to be like, You got the year wrong. But I think it was about 2011. Yeah, I think it was like (laughs) 2012, 2013. And he had been going for about a year. He had been practicing for about a year. And he said to me one day, I I think you would like this. Why don't you come to a class? And like with all things that are meant for us, there was resistance at first. Mm -hmm. And I thought, No, no way I'm doing this. There's no way. Um, But I eventually went to a class with him. And um, I didn't love it right away. I remember the first class. I thought this is this is just far out there for me. Um, <laughs> Especially this is just, that one. Yeah, I was like, this is just far out there for me. But I went back and I went back and I went back, um, and that's how I was first introduced to to kundi, Kundalini yoga um, and meditation. And um, from there, my, I it just had grown. But I will say, I haven't I haven't practiced in over. A year, maybe a year and a half. Um, something that I found last year, especially for me, is that there came a time where I felt I was forcing as opposed to appreciating um, yeah. because I felt like I needed. I had done this, I had, was doing this, it had made me feel good, it had made me feel connected. But when I started to feel a sense of, oh, I have to versus, oh, I want to, yeah. that's when I took a break. Um, And then COVID this year and this whole, I I mean, of course you can practice from your home, but there's something very different and special and unique about being in a room with others, um, sharing in that space of energy. So, so that's what first brought me to, to Kundalini was my dad. Um, he practices every day. Um, I admire him for that. It's a level of dedication that, um, and consistency that I really admire. Um, but that, that's what's first, first brought me to that for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. Good job, dad. (laughs) I know. And what's interesting is we don't always think about men in those spaces. We don't always think about men or maybe older men, because my dad is is older, um, of being in those spaces. But. it's it's been very cool for for me to watch him lead by an example um, that I know not everybody has and so so that's been very cool Um, we've we've been to many classes together shared in experiences together um, so I'm very grateful for it that's beautiful yeah and it sounds like
1: yeah what I've been kind of thinking about this too of you know what you bump up against, you were resisting at first, right? And it ends up being our medicine. Yeah. We kind of yes. bump up against it like, no, I don't want to go. And, but you, some, something still brought you back to it, not just dad, but there was still, you knew there was something there, even though you didn't really enjoy it at first. Uh, and it seems like then it turned into this really kind of dedicated practice that you had. And then it served that, that, purpose of yours for your medicine at that time and space. And now it's kind of worked its way out and and now there might be something new. Is that
2: yeah I think what you said, you said it so beautifully. What we resist is our medicine. And at the time it was the medicine that I that I needed. And I wouldn't doubt that it's the medicine that I need now. I I wouldn't doubt that at all. Um, but I will say it's interesting how certain things in our life serve a purpose in that moment. And you can always return to it. That's the beauty. Um, I remember I journaled about this about a year ago of feeling almost a sense of, um, I think the word would be shame with myself that Mm -hmm. I had stopped the practices that I had loved, which were Kundalini and journaling and meditating and reading and really um, diving into a part of me that maybe um, isn't shared with the world all the time because of the professional hat that I wear. And mm. I remember thinking to myself, why am I experiencing almost this sense of shame or disappointment in myself? And I, it occurred to me because in some ways I had thought, and this is, this is totally irrational, but I think there's someone out there can, who can relate to this. I had thought if I had stopped, then that means I'll never go back. It's almost mm. like a muscle you flex and then you stop going to the gym and your muscles deteriorate and you've got to, you know, bump them back yeah. up again. In some ways, I don't think that's true, or maybe it's not true at all. You can always return to the things that were bringing you joy or connection or fulfillment. Um, but sometimes it's good, I think, to take a breath and to take Mm -hmm. a step back and you gain a different perspective when you do do that as well. So you gain perspective from immersing yourself and then you also gain perspective, I think, from taking a step back. Um, So it's been interesting to be, to be on both sides of it without, without, the practices without journaling and meditation and Kundalini, um, there's definitely a part of me I never would have tapped into, and I think for me that that's invaluable is knowing that there's this part of me, this deeper connection to self or or to my higher self, however you want to to put it. Um, that's that's a connection that's. We all possess, but to know of the connection, I think, is priceless. Um, so, so I'm grateful, and I know it's always there. So, whenever I want to tap back in, mm-hmm. um, it's t- it's totally there for me. Oh, I love that. It's it's funny when you were you were speaking. I was thinking of
1: the movement practice that I teach, Movement 109, and it, it's this dance between movement and stillness. And mm. I was just thinking of your practices. You kind of were Im- fully immersed in it using that as your self-care and into and self-inquiry and then you needed to take that break and, and we come to that place of stillness and to see almost like how that vibration that you created in the movement in your practices continues on in the stillness right because they, you might not actually be actively doing it but you're still like you said you're still immersed in it in a different way you're still shifting your perspective in that place of stillness of, of releasing the practices and then maybe you do find your way back in some other way and the perspective yeah. has changed again. So yeah.
2: And that's so beautiful what you just shared because it's often in the stillness that we learn the most about ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's often in the stillness that we gain the greatest awareness and understanding and compassion and connection because I think we often think that it's in the go, 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 that it's Mm -hmm. in the practice, (laughs) that it's in the doing, that we gain all of those things. But I have learned, and it sounds like you've learned this as well, when you actually take a step back and you let yourself kind of just be in that, in that space that you've created for yourself, and you may not even consciously know that you're doing it. That's actually when you learn the most, you grow the most, yeah. you can integrate. And I think that process of integration is just as important so for sure. Important. Yeah. 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 I, I, I
1: completely agree with you. That's why I've also, you know, I, I think you know that I've taught yoga for many years. And so yeah. I've always been very conscious of the dogma of it, right? Fall, not falling into the dogma of it, especially, you know, having my my practitioner students also um, not feeling like they have to do it like a habit, like you were saying, feeling obligated, feeling shame if they left the mat, left the class and not, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like they can't come back. It's so, so important that we know that we can always return, like you said. Um, and then what you were just saying about kind of the back and forth, I was thinking of something that my teacher, Jean Marie Palillo says, um, in her book, um, like the dooby dooby do like mm. the, the, the balance between doing and being doing and being dooby 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 doo. do. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it sounds like you're, you're playing with that. So, um, you're, you were saying you kind of dropped those practices a little bit prior to COVID. And now, and now here we are four months into this new world. Yeah. What is, what is your world look like? Like what, what have, well, what <laughs> did it, how, sh- how did it shift back then? And kind of yeah. what, how have you integrated into this new quote unquote normal?
2: Yeah. Um, well, before I was going to an office every day, yeah. um, and so obviously the biggest change is that. Work is home, home is work. The biggest challenge, and I, I think so many can relate to this, is the sense of boundaries. How do I create boundaries for myself? Mm-hmm. Um, because my boundary used to be I'd come home from work and we were technically done for the day. And that's yeah. when I could work on the podcast or just, you know, relax or unwind. And so for me, the last four months has been. Has been a challenge I think in establishing that sense of boundary for myself and what does it look like and and what makes the most sense um, at first I really did not like working from home I was like this is the worst I don't <laughs> like it get me out of here now that I've been working from home for I guess a little over four months I'm, I'm in no rush to go back to the <laughs> office um, I, I'm very okay with saying that I think there's a ton yeah. of people that feel that way yeah. um, but for me it's been very it's been very interesting um, you know managing the the day-to-day reality of you know my work is very demanding and what does that look like and 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 then also managing my own um, I think there's a lot of fear and anxiety and worry like about the virus of course and mm-hmm. what does that look like and how do I keep myself safe and how does my family keep themselves safe um, and then adjusting to this new normal of who knows the next time you'll see your friends in person who, you know, like mm-hmm. all of these, like, and then it's like the littler things, like, when will I be able to leave the house and not be afraid of like, you know, walking into someone who's not wearing a mask. So it's like all these yeah. little things that yeah. we took for granted, I think, at least I yeah. took for granted, um, yeah. you know, pre-March 2020. So it's, it's mm-hmm. been an interesting, it's been a very interesting adjustment Um, I think that's the best way to put it. And I think we're still adjusting. We're still learning. Um, I'm in California, I'm in Los Angeles and currently, uh, cases are soaring here. And so it's, it's been a very up and down time. Um, and you mix in, uh, everything else that's going on in our country, in our world. So for me, it's, it's been a very, um, interesting time, challenging eye-opening. And I would say heart-opening too. That might sound kind of strange, but it's provided me an opportunity to, I think, be a little bit more heart-wide open. I almost said eyes-wide open, but it feels more appropriate to say heart-wide open to to what's going on. I think there's always been a level of awareness for me personally of – um, and for this, I'm speaking to racism and inequality and injustice. And um, there's always been an awareness, but for the for not for the first time, but I would say in a more pronounced way, I really understand what I what what is going on, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being home and being sheltered in place gives us kind of all this opportunity to do that because there's not as much noise coming at you if you're in sort of one spot and mm-hmm. you're taking in information and experiences and storytelling um at least for me so it's been a very it's been a very interesting time yeah it has you said
1: something there's a number of things there that I want to make sure I get to but um you said something about first the boundaries that you needed to create for yourself. So what is your,
2: are you sharing a home with somebody? Are you, are you in a home with other people? Yeah. um, I live with my family. I live with my parents and my sister. Um, I moved back home uh, in 2017. um, After I I sat for the bar exam the first time it made the most sense um, for me and I haven't left yet. Um, But so it's been very interesting to, to be to be home with my family at this time everybody's working from home yeah. um so i've got some new coworkers um <laughs> very different from my coworkers before but but yeah so we're
1: all we're all here together that's great so so your boundaries were kind of your own boundaries with work but then also maybe a little bit of boundaries with your family too
2: in, yeah in I would that. say my my family we're all we all really respectful of each other's time yeah. and each other's space there's a really large understanding and it's sort of an unspoken one but I'm grateful for it that we all we are thank goodness we're all working but by all working, that means we're all working. So like if you need something, <laughs> like, you know, take a knock at the door, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just being yeah. respectful, the fact that I might be on a conference call or my, my dad might be on a call or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, so, so it's been interesting. Um, but you know, I've got some new lunch buddies. We, we have dinner together every day. Oh, so, so sweet. I think there's a lot of great stuff that comes out of this time as well, um, yeah. depending on your circumstance. But yeah, it's, it's very different for sure.
1: Yeah, I think I saw a video on Instagram of you and maybe and your sister doing a little video. Yes, little
2: <laughs> this you is two like are the beginning. So oh, thank you. This is like the beginning of quarantine, and uh, we were both diving into TikTok, and <laughs> yeah, there was this dance, so nice. this like lip syncing thing from like Mama Mia too, and um, <laughs> she was like, "We've got to do it," and I was like, "I, I, okay, sure." Um, I thought it was hilarious because like we put clips together where I was like crying laughing because it was so, <laughs> it was so funny. But I think, you know, you find things um, to entertain yourself and there's new bonding at like opportunities and, and it's been fun. Um, yeah. That video cracked me up. I'm glad you saw it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you two are just so adorable. And I was just thinking, I was, I didn't look at the specific date, but I could tell it was probably during this time And um, yeah, I I think that's one beautiful thing. If people are able to be with families, they're, they're finding new ways to share time with each other Mm -hmm. in that respect. And maybe that's not something the two of you would have normally had done if you were both like, in separate homes or even living together, but having your own separate lives.
2: Yeah, it's been fun. So I have two sisters. One is uh, 25. She lives in DC and uh, my other sister is 20 and she, she lives here with me and my, my parents. And, um, it's been interesting to, to, for all of us to have different experiences during this time and to experience COVID, I think in different ways. Of course, we wish my other sister was here with us and that she wasn't so far away, but, um, it's been very, it's been very interesting. And you're right. I mean, there have totally been things that we have done that we would not have done otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really appreciative of that. I think um, she would have been off at school. I would have been at work all day, you know, so yeah. it's just different. And, um, but I also recognize, you know, not everybody has that. Um, yeah. So for me, I'm very, I'm very appreciative and and very grateful. Um, so we'll all we'll look back at this year I'm sure at some point and and think about, I hope it'll be those positive moments that we'll look back on and remember um, more than anything else, but time will tell. But uh, it's an interesting balance of those moments that you and I are talking about and also, you know, balancing that with the reality, I think of, of what's really going on. Yeah.
1: And I think that your podcast is a really beautiful job and, you know, the, just the name itself, seek the joy, um, but sharing these harder, challenging moments, and kind of what I what I seem to think of is that joy is humming underneath all of it, right? Mm. Kind of remembering that even though we're going through a really, I mean, at times horrific times, and in, in a lot of ways, and a lot of shape shifting and tr- turning our whole world upside down, um, but there are these moments that you can capture. Uh, to remind us that there is, even though we are, we're all collectively grieving in so many ways right now. Um, systems are, felt, you know, coming down, and we're grieving over that. We're grieving over lives lost. We're grieving over these big changes that are happening. But there's um, these moments also that you get to enjoy TikTok with your sister and mm-hmm. right? um, yeah. finding those
2: little those little morsels of joy uh, within yeah. it all. Yeah, I think. Yeah that 's such a, a good point, and it 's something i 've been reflecting on quite a bit because when I started the podcast, I really wanted to and this still rings true today, but I really wanted to have conversations um, that were reflecting you know how you found joy, how you sought your joy in your life, the different challenges or experiences or triumphs um, that you that you 've had that have led you to where you are today and I had noticed at least in the last year that a lot of the episodes. Um while it still had that sort of undercurrent of, of that mission that it had sort of strayed in, in some ways that mm. the, I had not that I had gone f- away from that, but that the focus and the mission of the show was no longer in line with what was going on in the world, so we would be having like a conversation maybe about um how somebody like built their skincare brand and then there's all these horrific things happening in the world mm. and I had really struggled with this because yeah. I, I've always wanted to provide a space and sort of, uh, yeah, space and conversations that were positive and uplifting and inspirational and and was this container of empowerment. And I, and I feel like we've done that over, and I've done that with the show over the last two and a half years, but it wasn't really reflecting like real world conversations or like mm-hmm. not even conversations, but what was really happening in the world. And I had this sort of epiphany in April that I really wanted to shift that and okay. um, make sure that while we are talking about joy and inspiration and empowerment and businesses and how you know we've overcome different things and how we celebrate, because how we celebrate is just as important, if not more important. I wanted to make sure that we were tying in Like, like what's going on? Like, okay, there's like real COVID anxiety. Like there's really like, we need to have conversations about racism and police brutality. We need to talk about, um, you know, different communities and the way that they show up and how they are or not represented. And for me, it was like this moment of, okay, Let's do that. We can do this because the truth is, is that joy can exist at the same time as difficulty, at the same yeah. time as challenge. I think sometimes we feel like if there's all of this negativity in the world, if there's challenge, if there's inequity, how can we also celebrate? How can we also have joy? Like it, it almost yeah. feels weird to like have a party and celebrate when there are people dying, and yeah. or, or whatever the situation might be but I've really come to understand and realize that joy can actually exist at the same time. And in fact, that experience of joy is almost greater. It's more powerful. It's more pronounced. It means more when you're able to celebrate, when you're able to find that inner peace, when you're able to have that joy at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's been a really important, I think, shift and realization for me and, um, I'm excited to see where the show goes in that direction. I think it's, I think more and more we're going to see podcasts or media outlets focus more on this intentional media space mm-hmm. of being intentional with what we say, with what we share, while remaining authentic and true. Um, and so, so I'm excited to see how that sort of unravels or what that will look like for the podcast. Um, but it's been a very interesting time for me with that sort of lens um, with that sort of lens on for sure. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited to see
1: how that shapes and shifts for you to have you, how has it shifted over this time? Like,
2: Yeah. Um, I think the biggest way that it's shifted is I, is I've done that. Like I've started to have conversations that are airing on the show um, that really reflect like what's going on in the world um, this week. Um, I aired an episode uh, with Akia Red. She's an advocate, mental health advocate, author, um, just incredible human being. Um, And we had a conversation about how do we turn mental health into an everyday conversation. And what was so beautiful about that conversation was we focused on the power of education and the role that it plays not only in mental health but then also in spaces where we talk about racism. Because the more that we educate ourselves on what we on what is going on in the world and the role that we can play, the greater impact we can have. And so that's where the conversation went. And um, we talked about racism and police brutality and focusing on it through the lens of education and compassion and bringing greater understanding as opposed to shame. Um, and it was really powerful and it was really an um, honor for me to air an episode like that because we hadn't done like a conversation about this before. So it just kind of, for me, I just reaffirmed that we can, that we actually can come together in the sense of community and explore our passion and our joy and our inspiration, um, and actually allow ourselves to grow through discomfort and grow through challenge at the same time. Um, so for me, that's the biggest way that it's changed is actually just shifting, shifting the conversations that we're having, um, to, to really reflect that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's beautiful. I think that, um, for
1: you to see that in the, you know, you, you said that you were feeling the shift in April and to, to see that and own that. And then also to be humble enough to say, okay, we're going to, sh- we're going to change the structure of yeah. this a bit here instead of just saying, okay, here's my formula that, that I always have and we'll just yeah. keep rinsing, repeating and try to make it fit in there. But you're totally. just, completely shifting it and going in a new direction in a way, but still yeah. with the essence of it, that intention, as you said,
2: yeah, to still be authentic.
1: Say, totally.
2: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I will say for me, what has been the most important is, Allowing myself and, by extension, the show to be adaptable, to grow, to change, to shift the conversation. The first three episodes I aired will don't even sound close to the episodes that I'm airing <laughs> today. And I think that's a great thing. And I think that's yeah. um, for me really powerful. And um, it's been great to have. Different people on different conversations, different perspectives. I don't always agree with everything that is shared, and I think um, it's important to have to expose yourself on a personal level to different viewpoints and perspectives because it allows you to really widen your mind and and understand different different people and where they're coming from. Um, but the core mission, you're right, has always, for me at least. Has remained the same um, to bring us together in community, to uplift as many voices as we can, um, to share different perspectives and worldviews, and, and step into that vulnerability. And I think, um, I think the more that we can do that and allow ourselves to shift, um, you know, in that way, I think the better off we'll be. Yeah, and, and that's so
1: wonderful that you bring on people. Even like you said, maybe it's a voice that you don't necessarily agree with, but you're leaning in for yourself, but also for your audience to, to see a new perspective. And, and that's what I think that we all kind of need. I mean, we definitely need right now is to not just put out one voice, right. in in different, you know, ways yeah. of it looking, but to just continuously put out the same voice in, in different ways. Um, but you're actually opening up the space and having these more kind of difficult conversations and, And allowing there to be more curiosity for people to lean into and hear a voice that maybe they don't necessarily resonate with. Yeah, by you by you by you showing that by demonstrating that by opening up the platform.
2: Yeah, and I think for me, um, and I and I'm sure you must feel this way too. Having a podcast, having any sort of media outlet that you've created, I think is a privilege. Um, we're what's beautiful about podcasting for me has been the accessibility of it. The fact that anybody can pick up a microphone or not, or just, you know, record Mm -hmm. something and and publish it. And it's out there for people to listen to, Mm -hmm. to be inspired by, to learn from. Um, I think it's a it's a beautiful medium and it's changing the way that we connect and it's changing the way that we educate ourselves. Um, like today I listened to a podcast about the news, about astrology. Um, I listened to a conversation and like there's, I listened to a podcast um, about a quote. Like there are so many different things that you can expose yourself to, right? Um, that, we might have not have been able to in this way ten years ago. So for me to have a podcast and the, the privilege to, um, I guess in some ways it's it's really curating content that people tune into is is something I don't take lightly and is something that I also don't take um, for granted. I think um, so. So you're so right. I think the more that we can share different voices and share different stories and ones that we may not be normally accustomed to. I remember thinking about this like two years ago, how in podcasting, like all the major podcasts I was listening to had all the same guests. Like you could listen to this person on this podcast and then next week they're on another one that you're listening to. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, where is the diversity in voices? Where is the diversity in experiences? Um, and what How can we change this? Because often you hear from like the celebrity guest, right, or like the Mm -hmm. the celebrity book author, or whatever it might be. And so for me, yeah, yeah, and so for me, it's it's just always been important to, um, to focus on stories and voices that we may not often hear from Um, someone who may not normally have a platform. And that includes me. I normally would not have ever had a platform unless I created it. And I think that's something I've had to, um, remind myself that it's we really need to create these spaces. And when we create the space, you open up the space for somebody else to either come on and share their story or create their own podcast or their own TikTok or their own Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever it might be to share their story. We all have a powerful story to share. I say this all the time. We all have a powerful story to share and a voice that is really meant to be heard. And all that it takes is the vulnerability and the courage. To say, all right, I'm going to share it, whether it's yours or somebody else's. Um, And I think the more that we do this, the more that we share different voices and stories and experiences and worldviews, we're going to see, I think, a greater shift in understanding and compassion and connection uh, and I learned something from every every guest I mean every single one of them to the point where I think about it months later and I think hmm. that's that's such a gift and uh, one of the best things I've been able to take uh, from podcasting oh, wonderful yeah
1: I think you do a really beautiful job um, with that intent carrying that intention out of, of diverse you know you really do have a very diverse um, collection of people sharing their stories and, and offering that safe space to to share their, their stories and, and have their voices heard, like you said. And that's very much in alignment with our mission here, too, yeah. is just to, to give a, a platform for people to feel seen and heard and, and to work through. that it. Maybe it's still a story that they're living in and they're in that space in between and they can – they can share as they're going through it so that we can empower somebody who's listening to it on the other side. And I think you do a really beautiful job in that too, of empowering not just the, the storyteller, but the listener, yeah. right? Um, to have them kind of see themselves within the stories that are being shared on your podcast.
2: Oh, well, I, I really appreciate that. Thank, thank you so much for saying that. Um, yeah. I have really wanted to make sure that, what is that, that there's always someone who can see themselves in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I will admit there's more work to be done in greater diversifying um, guests and features. And, and I'm really excited to, to do that work and to make sure that that that's, that actually happens. Um, but it's always been very important to me. And I I've always wanted someone to be able to say, oh, I see myself in that person's mm. experience or their triumph or I can't tell you how many people actually have reached out to me and said, Hey, I actually also had shingles at 25. Like I've had mm-hmm. 15 people. Now for me, that feels like a lot because I feel yeah. like this is not common. Maybe it is. I don't know. But so it's been interesting to me for, even for what I have shared and what I continue to share for there to be, be people who are like, Oh my God, me too. And send me an yeah. email or a DM. And I think the more that we can do that, um, you feel less alone. And I think right now, yes. In a time where for all of us, as we continue to quarantine or shelter in place or socially distance, uh, your world has shrunk tremendously. I was thinking about this actually just last night, how the things I used to do every day, the places I would walk, the people I would interact with, that's all gone um, your your world has shrunk, and so, if there's a way that we can expand that world and expand your reach and expand your connection in a time where we are cut off physically from so many, how powerful is that? And so yeah. I think that's where podcasting in general or media um, comes in. and so I'm excited that the show has been that for so many people. And, and it's my hope that it will continue to be. And um, I know your show does that as well. And, and so I think you're right. Like The more that we can share um, and empower somebody else, the, both the listener as well as the person you're talking to, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Oh that's beautiful. Yeah, you have a very clear intention and you're doing it
2: and you're continuing to do it.
1: <laughs> so thank you for for being you and and doing it. The do be do. Thank you. Yeah, the do be
2: do. And it's that balance and I, I think it's yeah. it's um it's conversations like this one that really remind me of that. So thank you. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's um it's it's very interesting how who you are expresses itself through your art. And for me, my art is my podcast. It's the platform I'm creating, um, and all the different arms that kind of go with it. Um, Mm -hmm. so it, it's, it's, it's very cool.
1: Cool. So, so that in case our listeners aren't sure what the podcast is, can you tell everybody where to find it and how to find you
2: and any, anything else? Of course. Um, so it's called Seek the Joy Podcast. You can find it at seekthejoypodcast.com or type in Seek the Joy on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. The show focuses on heartfelt storytelling and conversations on self-love, joy, connection, wellness, empowerment, and spirituality. Um, in addition to like the interview style episodes, which I do, which are always a lot of fun, um, I've created a couple of different Other series, I guess you could call it. One is Lessons in, and it focuses on the different lessons in our lives and how we've found joy through them and how we continue to grow. Um, That comes out once a month. I have an episode called The Power of Storytelling, which Phoebe is going to be part of, um, where people Mm -hmm. share uh, their story uninterrupted. And I had this idea about four months into starting the podcast. Really, I had so many people reach out saying, I would love to be on the show but I'm not super comfortable with an interview or I'm not super comfortable with sharing my name, but I still want to share my experience through your podcast. That moment was mm-hmm. powerful for me um, because it occurred to me like, oh my God, someone wants to be part of this. And I'm sure you've had this experience <laughs> too. It's almost like a little bit of imposter syndrome, but that's a whole other yeah. conversation. <laughs> um, so I created this, this series for people to share their story. Um, uninterrupted um it's been a beautiful sort of like almost like dear diary um mm-hmm. and uh, i share that episode every month and um and then i have a oh my gosh i have so many things i have an interview style blog mm-hmm. series on my website called joy corner uh two interviews in that that series go live and i was on week, that too. so you were so um, it's so <laughs> much fun just to share different stories and experiences and lessons and um I, I cannot, I'm just so thankful for all the people I have connected with in almost three years of doing this. Um, I read every single feature. I listen to every piece of audio. It's just me. So I learned something and it, I just am so inspired and so grateful, um, to do the show. So yeah, you can find it, find us anywhere at seek the joy podcast. Um, I think that's it. I think that covers everything. Oh, Good. <laughs> yeah. And I'll put it in the show
1: notes too. So people have cool. a direct link. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear my, my submission because I recorded that be, before COVID. I don't even really remember what I shared.
2: <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to it, I think, when we get off this call because yeah. it's so interesting. So much of what we shared pre-COVID still applies yeah. post-COVID, but you see it with a different lens. Yes. Um, so it'll be so, I can't wait to hear what you think, like what your, yeah. what your perspective is going to be on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested.
1: I'm very curious. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun to share it. Yeah. Oh, Suni, this has been such a joy uh, connecting with you. Yes, uh, you too. Yeah. Thank you again for just being so open to, to doing this with me. I, I had told you originally that I, you know, only did interviews in person and I was going to try to come to you in person over the summer, but then. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah. And this was <laughs> But all then shifted. alas, COVID. <laughs> yeah. And so I've moved everything to Zoom and I've actually been pretty happy with it. And you're my oh, first good. interview where I don't get to look at the person. So oh, this I is know I need to
2: fix my, woo! I need to fix my camera, but I, this has been so much fun. Um, yeah with you. Thank you for all the work that you're doing through your practice and your show and everything that you share. Um, and it's an honor for me to be on and for me to have spent this time with you. So thank you again for having me.
1: Oh, of course we will we'll do it again and hopefully
2: in person. Yes. In oh, future. that's what I say to everybody. Can't wait to see you in person. <laughs> Can't wait to like hug people, uh, smile hug. so yeah. you can actually see the smile, like
1: all the right? things. So yeah. excited. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you again, Sydney.